Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. As I begin to process this week, all that's went on in, in our country over the last couple of weeks, I feel sort of overwhelmed like you and looking at what's going on. The question comes, why would anyone walk into a grocery store and begin to take innocent people's lives? Why why would another young person go into a schoolroom, lock themselves in a door, and begin to kill children and teachers? I was at the gym this week, and a, a God that knows I'm a pastor there, very angrily come to me and says, why? Where's God? Is there a God? I hit him in the mouth. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you would expect no less, right? In the name of Jesus, here it is, right? <laughs> right hand of fellowship. No. I understand the frustration. But what he didn't understand, and what many of you may not understand, is this, that there's two kingdoms at work. There is a kingdom of darkness that you, you understand that when the world does everything that it can to to extinguish the light of Christ, then this, this darkness grows. And the more that darkness grows, the more that we see the kingdom of darkness grow, the more we see more violence. Why does that surprise anybody? Amen. Then when you suppress the light, then you can expect this. And so today we've got to talk about this. There's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. Matter of fact, the Bible is very clear about who the God of this world is. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it's on your outline. It says this, Satan, who is the God of what, everybody? Of this world. Understand that, that Satan influences this world. Culture, Satan influences the culture of this world. Look what he's done. He has blinded the minds of those who don't want everybody. Did you see that? So everybody that doesn't believe don't see things the way you see them. They don't have the values or the morals that you have. And he goes on and says this, they were unable to see the glorious light of the good news. What's happened, what's, what's been happening is there's always been a war for the minds of our children. There's always been a war. It's a spiritual war. It's not a, a right versus left war. It is a spiritual war. It's not physical. It can't be voted in or voted out. It's the enemy of our soul. Amen, everybody? So what I'm trying to tell you is that it doesn't matter your voting card. We all have the same enemy. And you're not my enemy. I'm not your enemy. We have one enemy, and it's the devil. Amen? Now, listen, if you won't amen me, I'll amen myself. The Bible says that, that this spirit, he's, he's going for the minds, and we have seen this like never before. Now, listen, I, 
I think there's a lot of great things that happen with the internet, wonderful things that have happened. But the thing that has been not so wonderful is that it has made it easier for the enemy to penetrate the minds of our children. When you lock, when you lock a kid up with, a, with an iPhone or, or, or a smartphone or, or iPad or smart pad or whatever, or, or a computer, then listen, we don't know what's there, Amen. And what we're seeing is the results of those things that, that there's things that's been penetrating through the minds of the children that's been darkness that has been penetrating the minds of these children. And it's the spirit of, of the enemy, the devil. And Jesus said this, that, that his, the enemy's mission has never changed. Jesus, Jesus called him right out, and John 10 and 10 said, the thief comes, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like your parents. He doesn't like your children. He doesn't like anything about you, and he has one mission for you, and that is to kill you. And if he can't kill you, he wants to destroy you slowly. That's his mission. And so once we understand the mission, his mission, then we know our mission. Amen? Amen. And there's another kingdom. If this kingdom will, if this kingdom begins to grow, then guess what? Two kingdoms cannot, uh, they will not be equal. One will grow, one will not. And so if the kingdom of God grows, then, then the kingdom of darkness vanishes. And then if the kingdom of darkness grows, then the kingdom of God begins to vanish. And so we, the people of God, have to understand the kingdom of God, that we, we don't, listen, we live, thank God, we live in one of the best countries in the world still. There's a lot of flaws, but we're still in the greatest country, and it's called America. And what I want to say is this, that, but this is not heaven. This is not God. America is not God's kingdom. China is not God's kingdom. Russia is not God's kingdom. Uh, Israel is not God's kingdom. So the question is, where is the kingdom of God? Jesus said this in Matthew's gospel when he began to, by the way, I'm starting a new series today called Summer Stories. It's about the parables of Jesus, and we're going to get to that just in a second. But in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus explains this to us. He said, when you pray, you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Matthew 6 and 12. You see that? Your kingdom come, your will be done. I think I got ahead of those on the PowerPoint. They're going to catch up with me just in a second. The reason that they're behind is because I'm way ahead. So let's just back up. <laughs> I just realized that, hey, okay, here we go. So I want to talk to you about the mustard seed. Let me read this to you. I've got way ahead of myself. I'm so excited about what I got to get to. Luke 13 and 18 says this. Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Now, let me just show you this, is that what does a mustard seed look like? Look at this picture. This will show you how tiny the mustard seed is. You see this picture there? There it is right there. There we go. There we go. So there's the mustard seed right there. It's very, very tiny. Now, he says it grows. The kingdom of God is like the mustard seed. Once it's planted in someone's heart, it grows. It has a lot of potential, and it can become a mustard tree. So look at this picture of the mustard tree. Look at this. See how big it can grow? 
and it can grow up to 15 feet tall. It's amazing what can happen. And what Jesus was saying is the potential here. It starts small and it grows great. And that is the potential in your life is that when you have the, when you have God's kingdom inside of you, growing inside of you, then it's amazing what happens in your life. Again, now, now, thank you. We'll go to Matthew 6 and 10. Here we go. That was my bad, everybody. It says, your kingdom come and your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is in the Lord's prayer. And the reason that Jesus said that was because in order for God's kingdom to come, his will has to be done. In other words, right now in heaven, God's will is done in heaven. And so that's what makes it heaven. God's kingdom is in heaven. And Jesus said, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. How does that happen? The way God's kingdom comes on earth is that God's will is done in our lives. When God's will is done in my life and when your life, when you choose to do God's will, that means that you are a part of God's kingdom. So the way the kingdom of God grows, it doesn't grow by taking it by political power. It doesn't take it by military power. It doesn't grow by taking land masses. It will never be, there will never be a, a part of the world that says this is God's kingdom, you know, right now. It never will be like that. No, no, no. God's kingdom comes it's in us. The more that people receive Jesus Christ, accept him and do his will, that's how God's kingdom expands on the earth. Amen. Everybody, you understand that? So where is God's kingdom? Luke tells us this. Look what it says. Luke 17, 20. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with careful observations, nor will people say here it is and there it is because the kingdom of God is where everybody? Within you. It's within you. It's within you. So what I want to talk to you about today is how to allow the kingdom of God to grow within you. How do we let it grow within you? Because when the kingdom of God begins to grow within you, it's amazing how you're able to share with somebody else and that's how the kingdom of light grows. Amen? And so we want to talk about that, how to let the kingdom of God grow in you. There's a verse that the Bible says this in Romans 14 that tells us exactly how the kingdom of God advances within, within us. Look what it says. You ready? For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. All right. You see my Holy Spirit fan right here? Many of you, you've been here a while. You know I use this illustration a lot. The Holy Spirit is so important in, in order for the kingdom of God to grow within you. Because many people try to get good before they get God. Amen. Well, I'm going well, to get God when I quit, when I quit cheating, when I quit, when I quit drugging, when I quit drinking, when I quit stealing, when I quit looking at porn, when I quit doing all, when I quit this, then I'm going to come to God. Let me tell you something. You will never, ever get good without God. You get God, then you get good. Amen, everybody. Amen. Now you're starting to wake up. And so what we try to do when we try to get good without God, it's like this. It's like we want to make these tassels move and we try to do it in our own power. And so we'll say, okay, I can be good. I can be good. I'm good. And that's what we try to do in our own strength. 
And you can't be good on your own. Understand that? You can't be good on your own. If you could be good on your own, you would be good. But you can't be good on your own. So you've got to have a power inside of you. The kingdom of God, the spirit of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit. Look what. And so the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is that when you ask God to come into your life and you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, then guess what happens? Is all of a sudden you get a power that you don't have to try so hard. He's doing a lot of work for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, there we go. Come on. Now, you missed it the first service because I didn't, I didn't plug the fan up. And so it went over and it didn't work. And I was like, oh boy, Holy Spirit's having a hard time today. And so what I want you to know is that he's at work. The Holy Spirit does what you can't do. And that's why you need God's spirit in your life. You can never be good without God. So the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink. It's not physical, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody? And so I want to talk to you today about how do, how do you allow him to grow within you? I want to give you three things today. You ready for the first one? Because it's going to hit you right in the mouth. Here it is. Stop flirting with wickedness. Stop flirting with wickedness. Isn't that amazing how we get right on the edge of it? Oh, yeah, it got quiet in here. <laughs> That's righteous. When you stop flirting with wickedness, it's righteous, and the Holy Spirit's there to remind you. Look what he says. He said, don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit what, everybody? Kingdom of, Kingdom of God. So listen, people that are... The problem we got right now is that some, of, some people want to with one foot in the kingdom of darkness and one foot in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't work that way. Amen, everybody? It doesn't work that way. So he goes on to say this. He says, don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sins or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people. None of these people will what, everybody? Okay, now this is about to get us right here. Here we go. Look, look at this next sentence. Some of you once were like that. Every one of us. If you look hard enough, you can find yourself somewhere in that passage I just read. Every one of us. You say, well, I don't know about you. Yeah, you. Every one of us, right? Now, now I like that. He goes on and says this. But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with, with God by the calling on his, of, the, of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And by what, everybody? The Spirit of God. Why is that so important? Why is, why is the Holy Spirit so important that this mustard seed, this seed of faith, this seed of righteousness, why is it so important that it grow? Because you can't do it on your own. Here's why. Because those things that we just talked about, that we just read, are that God saved us from, they still try to pull us back. Amen, everybody? Oh, you just, look, go ahead and just take your halo and put it under your seat today, Okay. I'm talking to all of us, right? Is that those same things that we were freed from are the very things that try to draw us back as well. The things we left, it's always right there at the door. And so there is a difference. There is a difference in the person who is not a part of the kingdom of God, the person who says, I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do this anyways. Then you choose to live in a sin. And sin is saying, whatever, I know what God's will is, but I'm not going to do it. And when I sin, when you, when you say, I know what God's will is, but I'm not going to do it. I know what the Bible says, but when you start showing your butt, you're in trouble. Amen, everybody? 
Now, my grandmother used to say that in a different way, but anyways. But what I want you to know is, that, listen, is that there's a difference between living in sin and struggling with a sin. There are some sins that you are going to struggle with until you leave this earth. Did you hear every, I want to hear everybody in this room, I'm going to tell you, there is some sin that you are going to struggle with until you leave this earth. Why? Because the devil knows that's what, that's what attracted you. That's how he used to have you. And he's always saying, come back over here. Amen, everybody. But God says, because through the power of the Holy Spirit does something for us. When we're tempted because the Holy Spirit in our life, he does something. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. But God is what, everybody? And he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can what? And when you are tempted, he will also provide a what? Everybody shout way out. A way out, that's right. So that you can stand under it. Notice that. He says that he's going to provide you a way out. The Holy Spirit right here, the people who have the Spirit of God in them, the Holy Spirit is always telling you, okay, you're being tempted, but I'm going to make sure you have a way out. Now, you've got to choose if you're going to take the way or not. He doesn't make you take the way. Amen, everybody? And it's amazing how the devil will always make sure that you're tempted, isn't it? He'll make sure you always, I'm going to tell you something. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but because I love you, you love me, I think you can handle it. If you can't handle it, I won't ever see you again, all right? That's the way it'll be. I don't know. You know, there is a fashion out now for young ladies to wear these shirts. It's like right here, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm, hey, whatever's in's in, right? But all I got to say is please wear some support under that. We went to Chili's to sit down and eat the other night. <laughs> and as I was sitting there, we had ordered our food, and this young woman come by. She had a white T-shirt on with no support. I said, Rhonda, did you see that? Rhonda said, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> I said, that, young, that lady just went to the bathroom. I said, Rhonda, I don't... I think, I, I don't know, I think, I said, I don't know, I think I saw some by accident. <laughs> so, Rhonda, so she's in the bathroom, and I keep going, I said, she'll be here in a minute, I kept going, she'll be out in a minute, she, Rhonda said, Jeff, why you keep waiting, what you looking for? <laughs> so, sure enough, here she come back out, and I want you to know that, I said, Rhonda, here, here she comes, she said, yeah, I, I got this, Jeff, and I want you to know what she went by, I didn't do, I just went like this. Rhonda said, you're right. What I'm trying to tell you is that the devil will always put things in your face. But listen, if one of your friends dresses like that, don't go out with them. <laughs> Amen, everybody. Amen. Listen, put some clothes on. Okay. I've already lost this service, so I might as well go on, right? Take out this card right here, everybody. Look what it says. It says, I will stop flirting with sin. Because the devil is sure going to make sure it comes your way. Amen? Check that box. Everybody in this room ought to check that box right now because we all are tempted. Amen? Okay, I need to move on. Number two. 
How to allow the kingdom of God grow within you. Number two is pursue the peace of God. Pursue the peace of God. It is amazing to me that how scared our children are. How scared they are. I've tried to understand this because the generations below us have had to be had to be trained how to have drills to lock down a school. Now, when we were coming up, we had tornado drills, and we I grew up here in Georgia, and we have tornadoes, so you know we would have to go out in the hallway and get down, you know, put the little book over your head and all that stuff. We had tornado, we had fire drills and tornado drills. But now they're having active shooter drills. What are we going to do? And, and there's a, our children are living with this anxiety that says, somebody's going to kill me. And they're living like this all the time, all the time. They're scared to death. There's this great fear of death. Also, this generation, you may not understand this because I didn't, but I'm trying to understand is there's so much pressure on them through social media. In other words, I, you know, I heard two young people talking about the other day that, that they, were, they were laughing at, each, at someone because they only had two likes on something they posted on social media. In other words, if you don't get a lot of likes on your social media, then that means you're a nobody and that you're, you know, you're not worth anything. And they're attaching their self-works to how many likes they get on social media. And what I'm trying to tell you is that the world's method of peace is saying, I've got to be accepted. And so the world is offering fear on every corner, but Jesus offers peace. And that's why we have to talk to our children about this, because Jesus said this in John 14 and 27, when it comes to peace, there's not going to be peace in the world. But he said this, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be what everybody in other words, we have to under, our kids have to know what that peace is. And the peace of God is the presence of God. Amen, everybody? That the, that the Holy Spirit of God is with me when I accept him. He's moving with me. And I'm never by myself and I'm never alone. And I don't have to be afraid all the time because I know that God is with me. And yes, terrible things happen in the world. But I just got to trust every day that wherever I go that the Holy Spirit of God is with me. And the angels of the Lord are encamped around about me. I have to know that. And our children have to know that and when they've been taught that there is no God and you can't you know you can't trust a God that God's a myth listen we got to reverse the curse amen that's the kingdom of darkness we got to talk about the kingdom of God again to our children and let them know that God is real amen and that he's with them it's not about the boogie man it's about the Holy Spirit man amen that's with them we got, we got, our kids got to know. And what I'm trying to tell you that the kingdom of God, that mustard seed's got to grow and the seed's been planted. But you and I have got to get more vocal with our children and let them know that God is real and that God's got them and that God is with them. And when we can't be beside them, the Holy Spirit will never leave them nor forsake them. And he'll go all the way with them. Amen. 
It's this kingdom of God that's got to grow. The mustard seed's got to grow. And we got to give encouragement to that. And we got to speak to that. And we got to help them turn off the bad news and turn off the good news. It's amazing. It's amazing. As we push church, ten- church attendance down, how crimes went up and more anxiety. Your children need to be in God's house. Amen? Amen. Why? Because we're reinforcing what you're trying to tell them. We're reinforcing that. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He said, don't be be anxious about anything, but at everything with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what, everybody? The The peace of God. When we teach our children to pray... And we teach them that they're accepted by God no matter what. And God's always got a big light right beside their name. Amen, Amen, everybody. He's got the thumb. He's got the heart right beside their name. Which transcends all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. It's amazing to me how this story in the Bible in the Old Testament about three Hebrew boys by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They stood before a king, and the king made this idol and said, everybody's got to bow to the idol. And, and these boys would not bow to the king. They wouldn't bow to the idol because God was in their hearts. And they were told they were going to die. And then the king, matter of fact, had a furnace, a fiery furnace. He had heated. And he said, I'm going to throw you. I'm going to cook you alive. I'm going to throw you in this fire if you don't bow. And they said to the king, They said, King, we want you to know that you may throw us in that fiery furnace, but we want you to know that our God is able to deliver us. But even if he does not, we're still not going to bow to you because we will go down with God knowing that we will go up with him. Amen. Let me tell you something. And that story that is true is that the king did throw, throw them into the fire. And he threw those three people, he had, he had them bound hand and foot and they threw them into the fire. It was so hot that it killed the people that threw them in. It was that hot. But what happened is the king stood up and observed. He, he was so mad, he wanted to watch them burn. And as he was looking, he noticed something that when they were in the fire, all of a sudden they were moving around and there were, he started counting one, two, three, four. How did four people get in the fire? I'll tell you why, because Jesus shows up in the fire, everybody, amen? Amen, he shows up in the fire. And what our children have to know and what you have to know is this, is that sometimes God doesn't keep you out of the fire, but most but when he doesn't keep you out of the fire, he goes in the fire with you. And the only thing that got burned up in that fire was the rope that bound them. The rope that bound their hands and their feet, it burned up. And they walked out of that fiery furnace without a hair being singed on their head. Why? Because God is the God of the fire. Amen. Our children have to know, and you've got to know that God is with you. And listen, we cannot let the kingdom of darkness prevail. Why? Because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're the kingdom of God. We've got to let it grow inside of us. And as it grows inside of us, you can't be silent about it. You have to tell people about it. You can't be ashamed of it. You have to tell people about it. That listen, I'm coming out and I want you to know that I'm a follower of Jesus and I've got hope in my life and you can shoot me dead right now, but I'll be in the presence of God. See, 
I'm already a dead man walking. Amen. I died to myself a long time ago. It's all about Jesus Christ and him living inside of me. Hallelujah, somebody. You're looking at a dead man. This is not, this is the Holy Spirit living inside of me and you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The third thing I want to tell you you got to do is you have to choose to focus on the joy that's ahead. It's not what's behind. It's it's what's ahead of us. There's a lot of things that we're going through now and there's a lot of junk behind us, but it's what's ahead. I didn't intend to preach this way this morning. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hebrews 12 and 2. Let us fix our eyes on who? On Jesus, the author and perfecter of our what? Who for the joy set before him endured what? Scorning his shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The only way that Jesus endured the cross was he wasn't looking at just what was happening. He was looking at what was going to happen. It was a joy before him. May I remind you of something today found in Philippians 3 and 20. Look at this, what it says. It says that our citizenship, but our citizenship is where everybody? And we eagerly await a savior from there. Who? And what I'm trying to tell you is that this is not your home. Let me tell you, I've lived in Henry County for almost 24 years. I can tell you, I've had several addresses. 8935 Wilkerson Road was the first home we lived in. We lived in 343 Harvest Run. We lived in 761 Crumbly Road. How did I move so much? Because I'm married to Rhonda Dawes. (laughs) And right now, I'm a pilgrim. We're building a house in Henry County. We're living in Clayton County right now. But I want you to know that none of those addresses are my permanent home. Wherever we, it doesn't matter because, listen, I've got a heavenly home on Hallelujah Avenue and Amen Corner. Amen's everybody. It's my permanent home that I'll be there until Jesus conquers this world. And then I'll move back and they'll be given a new dress when there's a new heaven and a new earth. And I'll live forever and ever. And I have hope. What I want to tell you is this, is that we have to learn again to look at what's coming our way. Not what's here. This world is temporary. We're all just passing through. And one day we're either going to take our last breath here and die. And we're going to go be in heaven with God. Or the rapture is going to happen. The trumpet is going to sound. And we're all going to go be with heaven with God. What I'm trying to tell you, this is not it. And if you've got your eyes fixed on this and want to get all to be heaven on earth, it's never going to be heaven on earth. But we're going to heaven. Amen, everybody. You know, you know, when I was when I was a kid coming up in church, every Sunday we sung about heaven. Every Sunday, I mean, every Sunday we'd pull out that red back hymnal, page three thirty three. I'll fly away. Oh yeah. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. That's right. Oh, you know it, right? There you go. That's right. 
Yeah, we would say, the men say, when I die. And the ladies say, hallelujah, bye, bye. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that we got to get our eyes back on the eternal, not just here and now. If you're going to be a part of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God lives forever. This world and all this stuff is going to pass away. But one day, one day, one day, we're going to come back with the one that's riding the white horse. That's Jesus Christ at the end of Revelation. We're going to come back with him. And he's going to conquer and reign. And we're going to live here forever and ever. And he will be the Lord of heaven and earth at that time. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me? It's the joy that is before us that gives us the strength to face today. There's a better day ahead. That's what our kids have to know. This is not it. This is not it. For me to die is gain. This morning, if you're not a Christ follower, why don't you stop right now? If you really can't say, you know what, if I left this world right now, if I died, if I, if I got in a car accident, I had a massive heart attack and I died, I don't know where I'd be. Stop right now. Let's get that straight now. The kingdom of God, invite the kingdom of God in. How do you do that? By you invite Jesus in. And when you invite Jesus in, what happens? That spirit comes into your life. Would you do that with me? Everybody bow your head right now. If you... Right now, every person in this room, those that are watching online right now, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, you're not sure of your destination, of eternal destination right now, just say this. You don't have to say it out loud, but you can say it. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins, oh God. Save me. I need you. I need you. Help me, oh God, to do your will that I can live in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.